0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24 7 Podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me as well. And we are talking about the Wolverines 35 14 blowout loss at Wisconsin. Uh, certainly up there in terms of surprising losses. Uh, you know, lots of content over at the Michigan Insider.com, Michigan.247 Sports.com. Uh, still kind of doing some of the what happened type of stories you know what was said what did they have to say after the game uh what went down but then starting to shift more toward the what it means I'll have a story probably around the time you start to listen to this podcast about um Michigan seems broken you know and, and it is there is no unlike in the past where they were a quarterback away or a or an offensive coordinator you know one piece here one piece there and they've got it uh they need a lot of pieces and there's no clear Roadmap to success for the Wolverines, Uh, and that's that's not that's not what the Wolverines wanted, with such a daunting schedule. So, rather than our typical um, two four seven format, uh, we're gonna try to do something similar. But we're gonna lead with the questions for sure. Uh, You know, I don't think anyone really cares about the two game balls. Um, Maybe we'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we do on time. But most likely, probably just the questions and the takeaways. Uh, So first, Steve. you were just saying before before the show, this is the most flabbergasted you've been after a Michigan game. Where does this rank among the losses in the Jim Harbaugh era for you?
1: Um, I, I think it's I think it's the I do think it's the worst one. Uh, I think Ohio State last year uh, really the only other one I think I'd put in the in the strat, same stratosphere as this one, just because again, you know, we've said it we've said it going into the seat I mean this is, it's year five. And what we saw—the product we saw on the field yesterday—was an unprepared, undisciplined mess. And I like that's—it it was just—it was the combination of all of that stuff that just had me uh, pretty much at a loss for words um, immediately after the game yesterday. Just—I uh, think—I think this is the worst because I. Even with that loss against Ohio State last year, that was more of your season hopes are dashed loss. There are a million more questions now about the program after yesterday than there was, in my opinion, after the loss to Ohio State last year. And at this point in Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan in the fifth year, this is like the wrong time to be having uh, you know, those types of issues pop up or to come out and lay an e- the type of egg that they did. Uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that's a good point.
0: I, I was I, First, I was thinking of the Ohio State one, because that one, you know, you don't totally know what you have with Michigan right now. I, I just It's just hard to tell, and you don't know what Wisconsin is yet. I know you're not totally sold on them. I think, to me, they looked like a top-10 team. They looked like a team that will at least give Ohio State a game. But again, we have to see that to happen. I mean, if Wisconsin ends up being the best team on Michigan's schedule then maybe getting blitzkrieged in your first road game of the season. You know, it, it kind of like Northwestern last year, everyone was like, Oh no, that was a terrible game. Turned out Northwestern was pretty solid and Michigan bounced back fine. Uh, obviously that's different because they won that game, but that's where I'm kind of a little wait and see to me, Ohio state last year, the way it was built up, the fact that Michigan believed in its playbook so much and believed it had the right game plan. And then, granted, Ohio State was super talented and just hadn't shown it all year. But to just completely flip what everyone thought that game was going to be and the fact that there were titles, uh, title implications on the line, to me, that one probably still takes the edge. But you, you do have a good point that as far as which game is the worst game of the Harbaugh era? Like, when did the team look the worst? It's probably this one. And that's, that's, as you said, Game 55 should not be the worst game. Uh, Our next question actually is very similar. From what we've seen, where does the 2019 team rank among Jim Harbaugh's teams at Michigan? So 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. This was something that just came up to me. I, I I was curious because does this team beat the team that, you know, gave Utah a game in Salt Lake City in, in Jim Harbaugh's first game? I'm looking at the different position groups. And, again, Michigan, you know, teams have bad games. Ohio State lost, got blown out by Purdue on the road last year, right? And and Michigan State lost at a unranked Nebraska team in 2015. And really, actually, every Big Ten champion under in the Jim Harbaugh era has had a road loss clunker type game. You know, Penn State lost to Michigan by 39, went on to win the Big Ten title. But where does this 2019 team rank? Because, frankly, I think it would beat the 2017 team, but I'm not certain. And I don't think that they would beat anybody else based on what we've seen
1: so far. No, I I don't. I think it's, you know, again, again, looking back, they're lucky to be 2 and 1. They very very easily could be 1 and 2 right now, which is in in when you consider the expectations that they had this year, the returning experience offensively. So, I mean, at best you'd have to pick them over the 2017 team, but I mean, are, even then, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I would I I mean, this this team a lot again, the talent level for this team is far higher than 17 but the again the product thus far has been you know incredibly disappointing
0: yeah let's keep it big picture just because we're in a, in a groove here another question and by the way we didn't post the questions but we tried to come up with questions that we think the listeners would want to know or think some of our readers would want to know uh, just based on the mentions that we've seen and and maybe i don't know about you steve i have not i've not gotten back to commenting on people's comments just yet uh just trying to focus on writing yeah but um next question what is holding michigan's offense back the most and this is something that i I know uh came up to you when you were re-watching it this morning it is it is bizarre that the offense has regressed from last season and i don't you know this is a good question. This is not necessarily one where there's an easy answer, but the offensive line doesn't look there yet. I mean, there were certainly good moments in pass protection, but the run blocking they were getting they were getting moved, which is not what you want. And and then they still are kind of allowing a lot of sacks. Shea Patterson. We'll talk about him in a different question, but he doesn't quite. Uh, not really sure what to what what Michigan has there. It certainly doesn't look like he is remotely what he was in 2018. Um, You know, the play play designs, the routes seemed like they weren't getting open. I don't know if that's Wisconsin. I don't know. Sometimes those things are hard to tell. Uh, The scheme, I mean, you know, if Nick Eubanks is going in the press room and saying he doesn't feel like the offense has an identity, I mean, and and by the way, for those curious, I I wrote the story, you know, Nick Eubanks said that. The question he was asked was if he feels like this is a rock-bottom moment for Michigan. He said, not necessarily this offense, I feel like we don't have an identity, which is such, you know, I'll I'll give him a lot of credit for being so honest, but that is, that is not what you're supposed to. That's not supposed to be a takeaway that you have when you lose, you know, your first football game of the season that, you know, when you're, when you're a top 10 team, you're supposed to be able to lose one, maybe two and that's it. If you lose 35, 14, don't score until deep into the third quarter you're not, that's that's supposed to be rock bottom um, so I, Steve anyway back to the question what what is holding this offense back the most in in your eyes like which whether it's uh, coordinator coaching scheme play calls play design execution talent what what's keeping this team from progressing on offense which is what was almost universally expected heading into the season
1: uh, almost all of the above. I guess, except for talent, probably because the talent is there. I mean, we got We got to call. We have to call a spade a spade at this point. Uh, the Josh Gaddis hire has been in, like beyond underwhelming. When you consider, when you consider the returning experience they had both up front and at quarterback, you know, for Patterson's shortcomings, he had one of the most efficient years that a Michigan quarterbacks had last year. You know, you bring that back with an. Uh, Supremely talented receiving core, Tariq Black's healthy. You know you have your best player for the first two games of the season was a player at the, at a position where the where the biggest question mark was when you had a, gr- a great player at running back in Charbonnet. True freshman. Too. So, yeah. So, I mean, I just think it's it's kind of all of these things. That's what I said. I think that you know I know the defense is the defense got shredded. And then we're obviously going to get into that, but my biggest, the biggest takeaway for me is that this offense has been just a flat-out 100% dud at this point, and it's and and to me it's inexcusable when you consider, you know, what I just mentioned about the experience and talent that they have in in that unit. I mean, it is it is inexcusable for them, especially coming off of a bye week, to look as shaky. Unprepared, undisciplined, just to, to look the way that they did offensively yesterday was inexcusable. And right? it's just, uh, you know, I think Michigan fans have reason to be very upset, very disappointed about how the hire is, how that hire has panned out so far. Again, I mean, we have to, it's gotta be said. I mean, how do you not, how do you watch what you, how do you watch that game yesterday and not have that sense or have that feel at this point, you know? And, is there time for them to turn it around? I suppose, but you know, it, the thing is, like I, I, you know, I don't know about you watching the game live, but at least me watching it here yesterday, I don't even really can't even really come up with any positive takeaways to build off of right now going forward. I mean, it was a it was a clown show the whole way through, and uh, I think that's where it's that's where it's iffy all of a sudden. You know, is that there There really wasn't anything you could look and say, well, they did do this, this, and this. So, you know, that's something that they can kind of, you know, build off of, work towards, use that to work towards, you know, a rebound here or, you know, come back strong or whatever. But I didn't see any of that yesterday in any facet offensively.
0: Well, the only thing I, I saw were those last few drives, which is definitely has the gigantic grain of salt that it was the last few drives of a blowout wisconsin doesn't really care they were playing starters and two deep players but obviously it's a totally different setting but when they just started chucking the ball around right nico collins making some some grown man catches Tariq black doing the same people's jones had the touchdown they had almost 200 yards receiving themselves in the fourth quarter but in a way just like everything with michigan so far this season it's almost like when you're good if how you know things are bad is when you do something well, the fans are almost more mad because they're wondering where that's been. And to me, that's that's a big one because we don't get to see practice. It's a bummer. We would love to be able to provide that kind of analysis for listeners and readers, but Michigan doesn't, doesn't let us. Uh, you know, we don't get to be... Nobody in the country knows how these plays and everything's drawn up hard. You know, you can't... You can't say unflinchingly that Josh Gaddis is the problem, but if he's being put in charge of who's getting the ball, and this is something that we asked him about in the summer, in the spring, uh, even even before the bye week, you know, getting the ball to Nico Collins, getting the ball to Tariq Black, you know, Peoples Jones once he once he returns to health, um, you know, how do you you know, passing versus running? Why is Zach Charbonnet getting 33? These are questions he was asked. And his his statement always was the system is designed so that the play make the ball finds the playmakers. I don't, you know, suddenly all these all these things that he says they don't add up because they don't show on the field. Um, so, so yeah, I'd say so. I, I, I you know, d- can the offensive line be better? Yes. Can the running back depth got a question about that? Can that be better? Uh, yeah, it kind of has to be if you're talking any sort of you know upset over some of these other highly ranked teams can Shea Patterson be better yes hold that thought we'll talk about it in a moment but yeah I, I think I think you're right you know watching some of the, yesterday's game on replay I'm looking at these routes and I'm thinking Wisconsin didn't even have to move and the, the guy was never open I mean the, it, I'm not an offensive coordinator certainly certainly uh <laughs> you know would try it if I if I had that kind of brain power and savvy but it, it's just puzzling to me how the receivers are so unopen how the offense it just seems discombobulated you know it almost seems like they would be better off just doing the the 2018 which I'm not saying that that's necessarily the answer but at least then everyone knew what was going on and and it worked for what it was and I think Wisconsin's a good evidence that when you have the right pieces and you you know what you know what you are, you can move the ball up and down the field all
1: day. So, I mean, I mean, if they were running the same scheme as they were last year, they you, you wouldn't have they would not have come out like that yesterday. You know what I mean? And I think that's where, I mean, is this system too complicated to you know what I mean? Those are kind of the and that's on the coordinator. You know, at the end of the day, uh, in my opinion, when when again going into the season, everybody you know up in arms, making sure like this is Gaddis's offense. Harbaugh is hands off here, and he has been. I mean, he doesn't have anything. You know, up on the sidelines, he doesn't have anything. You know, he doesn't seem to have much input or any input on any play calls or anything like that. You know, and then so it's you know when they, like I said, they come out as unprepared and and just as discombobulated as they were yesterday. I mean, it, it's got to start at the top in that regard. So, um, you know, it, it's just – so if they if they were using the same scheme as they had last year, I don't think they'd have come out and looked as flat as they did. You know, yeah. really their yardage, their yardage, even on that first drive, it was a broken play. You know, it's not like it was a design – you know that pass to bell is not like that was by design that was a broken play where i mean it was a good it nice a throw out. by patterson yeah. Yeah. yeah nice play by patterson all that but i'm saying what i'm saying is is that it's not that wasn't like a call of by gaddis that got them that yardage it was a you know kept the play alive made a good throw type deal so i i don't know it's just uh it's uh, it's just a loss of words offensively so,
0: well, let's keep it. <laughs> Find some words because we're going to keep talking about yeah, it. But no, I... uh, the next question: uh, what do you what do you do with the quarterback position? And so the reason I'm, sh- I, you know, haven't haven't checked the message board. I'm sure this has come up. Shea did not look good, uh, you know. And this is this is three games in a row. You know, I, I guess you could say there was an oblique thing, but this is three games in a row that he has not looked. I shouldn't say remotely, maybe that's unfair, because there have been some plays, but he has not looked like what he was and what he was expected to be. And, I mean, just missing missing easy throws, missing medium throws, missing harder throws. Um, you know, it seems like he wants to hold on to the ball again without going over the All-22 film. It's a little unfair for us to say, oh, he held on to the ball too long if the receivers weren't open, but... Seems like you know we've talked about his decision making before, when to re- when to run, who to pass to, you know which throws to make, which throws not to make. I mean, so I think, I think I am under the impression he is the best quarterback Michigan has. But they do play Rutgers. You do kind of have, well, you know what you have with this team now is, you know, a team with severely lower expectations Steve if you're if you're the offensive coaching staff what do you do and let's say hypothetically Dylan McCaffrey is able to return from his concussion what do you do with the quarterback position heading into this week
1: um boy I that is a tough one for me. I'm not sure. Instinct tells me to give another, give somebody else a chance. I mean, Patterson's had ample amount of time here, to, you know. But when you make that call, you know, you're it's almost a point of no return in that regard because you know, rarely does the guy who gets taken out. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I could be totally off on this, but I feel like when you make that call to to replace your number one guy, just feel like it. That's just it never ends up working out. With like, say you know, say they were going with McCaffrey. McCaffrey struggles. They put Patterson back in. It just, you know, I don't know. I just feel like that is a recipe for not good things, you know. And so, but you know, instinct for me was just give somebody else a shot. You know, and I say that saying just got done saying that. You know, Patterson had one of the most efficient seasons a Michigan quarterback's ever had last year. But yeah, like you said, something's just not not there you know and I know he's had his critics and there are a lot of people that think he's uh, overrated but you know again I think by and large last year he was very effective and it's just but it's been a different story this year like you said missing easy passes even on the first drive of the game missing Collins that was a touchdown you know and it it wasn't even close and uh you know, or like the other one with Collins, I think we talked about before we got on. Where and I th- I saw it on Twitter this morning, but you know, Collins' defender, the guy defending him, fell down. Collins is wide open. Patterson throws into triple coverage. You know, this is like this is just kind of head head scratching decision making, and um, I, so I, I don't know, Zach. The long the long end of it is, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. That's where I don't envy the staff in that regard and how they're going to handle it. At the, I mean, it's obvious you know, if they do go with Patterson, the leash is going to be – it's got to be incredibly short. Now, again, that's like you said, provided that McCaffrey is healthy and is able to go. I'm not convinced he will be, but I guess we, we may find out tomorrow probably, but probably not. Um, so, I don't know. I don't envy him for that one. I think it's going to be a tough call for them. Yeah, and, and so the reason –
0: I think this question is interesting and certainly more interesting than it was two weeks ago is that Michigan is actually playing a team that had a similar situation last year. So what can happen sometimes in college, and this is oversimplifying a lot here, but quarterbacks can sometimes just break and, and what you know mentally. And so if you recall Alex Hornebrook Fant- actually had a very good season in 2017. Wisconsin won 13 games. He threw th- three touchdown passes against Miami in the Orange Bowl. Uh he was he was very good. And then in 2017, there were a couple so-so outings and then he had a game like he did against Michigan where it was just atrocious. And then he just never was the same. He never was the same, you know, and and they they still won eight games and I think he looked pretty good and if 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 memory serves I think he looked pretty good in the pinstripe bowl also against Miami but it just never I mean you know they seemed pretty confident that they were going to go with Jack Cohn and so Jack Cohn got a little bit of work hit a couple starts last fall and now suddenly he looks like he's exactly what Wisconsin needs still have to see the whole season but is there. I think what Michigan has to do is they have to decide. They have to be very honest and realistic, look right in the mirror and say, are there. How many more wins do they need? Eight more wins? Are there eight more games that, that we can, you know, for Michigan, if we can realistically win on this schedule? Because if there aren't, I do think, you know, provided in the hypothetical that McCaffrey's healthy. I do think you start it. Start it now cuz you play home against Rutgers, then home against Iowa, and then at Illinois. That's 3 games where you can you can kind of have a quarterback develop and get better. And they have film to work on and and they're not necessarily being thrown into a hornet's nest. So if they think that they can if they if they really see what's missing differently than what we do and they see you know, wins over Notre Dame, Penn State, Michigan State, Iowa on the horizon. Sure, go ahead and stick with what you have. But if not, I, I think that there's evidence out there that sometimes if a quarterback isn't showing you what they used to do, sometimes it's just gone. I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's being too blunt. Maybe I'm wrong here, but, you know, yeah, Shea just does not look the same. And I don't think... I think the offense is part of it. But I think some of these throws and some of these things that he's seeing downfield versus what he's not seeing and these decision-makings, I mean, this is just something. something's up in the sense that his he did not progress. And from what we can tell, he regressed. We aren't in practice, fair to say. But, yeah, I, I think you got to look at – I think Michigan has to look at itself and, and decide – what it can be this season, and it's got to make its decisions based on that. I agree. Let's see, what's our next question? Oh, let's do defense. Uh, Don Brown, pretty statistically solid defensive coordinator. I mean, you know, we've talked about it. He's probably one of the top five or ten defensive coordinators in the country. There was a time where he was viewed as maybe the number one. Something, I mean, this is, this is the third straight game that Michigan's defense just was nowhere to be found in a third straight power conference game, I should say. Because they did well against Army, did solid against Middle Tennessee, but against Florida and Ohio State, and, and now Wisconsin three different types of offenses, although Mullen and Meyer had similar offenses, but three different types of offenses. And they just haven't shown up. And then if you look at the game against Penn State uh, back in 2017, maybe the game against Notre Dame, at least the first half against Notre Dame last year. Do you have any sense for what happens to this defense in in big games? I, I used to say it's because the other teams are faster and maybe it was a speed issue and they can't, you know, the angles don't work and the, the closeouts don't work and the edge isn't quite the same kind of principle when when the other team is faster than you or as fast in, as you. I didn't, Wisconsin didn't strike me as that. Is, is this a unique situation that Wisconsin just has exactly what it needs? Or do you, is there some sort of pattern that when Don Brown defenses go up against good teams it, it just doesn't they whatever defense they were showing beforehand isn't quite there I don't know Steve what do, you, what, do you, what did you make of the defense in in yesterday's game
1: uh I mean a few things I think I think one of the biggest things to me is and we talked about this going into the game is I I think there maybe has to be a realization that uh, that Hudson is what he is. You know, I don't know if we're going to see that. You know, we all we heard all off season, and we did from various directions, that he was going to have a big bounce back year, And, you know, again, I think yesterday, another disappointment in that regard. I, I just I, – I think – What's funny about that is that that's the first name you went to,
0: and he actually, from a box score perspective, he had the best game, 14 tackles, a sack and a tackle for loss. So if he's – Right, like that just score, shows how. Still, but that just shows yeah. how difficult that game was for the Wolverines. That you know, if you, I mean, who's who's the defensive MVP in that game? I don't, I don't know right. how how long
1: you would have to take to to come up with an answer. I just, I think uh, you know, that's that's where the onus is on us a little bit. You know, as I think we're we're always looked at as you know the the informants. You know, to give you the. A better idea of what, how the sausage is made, what's going on. I think we just very highly under, maybe underestimated. You know how good this unit, or where this unit was gonna go. I mean, I the thing I can't kind of, I kind of can't wrap my head around, and and this plays into the whole idea of of Brown maybe being a little bit stubborn. Is I don't know if Chris Hinton or Mozzie Smith played at all yesterday, and. I guess it gets get to a point in that game where if not now, then then when are you going to give these young guys a shot? You know, I I think um, for better or worse or right or wrong, I, I think the I, the picture of or just seeing Jordan Glasgow as a line up as a down lineman is going to be kind of one of those like memorable but in a horror, in a bad way like things someday if this you know ends up not working out you know, for the program under Harbaugh. Sort of like, in a, you know, like the Greg Robinson with the beaver, the stuffed beaver thing on the sidelines with Jonas Muton. Like, I think a lot of people, maybe listeners remember that. And it, it, kind of one of those, like, you know, that's the way I feel about the Glasgow thing yesterday. It was just like, it was so, like, what are you doing type type deal. You know, and, that's, and that means nothing against Glasgow. Glasgow's been one of their best players so far this year. You know, it's nothing on him. But... Just uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, I mean, they got punched in the mouth. I don't know. I don't believe the unit is soft. Some people, many think that their saw so, the team came out looks soft. I think they did in certain areas, but I don't know if the, I would call the defense soft. I just, but I, I mean, they did get punched in the mouth and just just didn't respond. Just too much inconsistency, and I, I'm still. I think you. I think you mentioned it before. The three going with a three-three-five. Was a puzzling a puzzling direction to go. I kind of felt like. Um, well, I think I think
0: because so. that's actually one of our questions. We can knock it out pretty quickly. Don Brown's been coaching for a long. time. I mean, they, there's a lot of experience in coaching on the staff. I think go, them going to three three five. It what it says is they don't believe that in their other defensive tackles. And and they they don't
1: believe that they have, because you know
0: maybe soft it's hard. I I, I hate to soft say is, that without. I think knowing. soft is
1: an. In, I think soft is kind of an insult in football terms. And again, if mm-hmm. you maybe if that's how you felt how they played, so be it. I, I don't particularly care to question the character of some of these right. kids. You know, I see I see uh, the emotion. Say like Aiden Hutchinson showing after the game. I mean, I'm not going to attack somebody like that. I'm not going to attack their character or, or right. you know, call them soft. I just think it's a bad route to take.
0: Yeah. So. Well, and, and I will say this and it'll be in one of my stories when you, when you cover it live and you see their faces when they're getting on the bus, um, it, it was a very, it's a almost indescribable, the mixture of like frustration, but like rage like they looked like the two things they needed in the world the most were a hug and then 30 minutes in a with a punching bag, like just I mean yeah. you know it, it you don't you don't get to be a Division one player if you're not tough uh, at least probably not on the defensive side of the ball you know where you're tackling people for not for a living but for your for your education and everything um, yeah regarding the three three five I I really think Michigan showed that it doesn't believe in its in its defensive line, in the same way that it used to, and so I don't think Fair. it's a, I don't think it's a toughness issue, but Wisconsin, they just were bigger and stronger. It was, it was like everything Michigan wanted to be in 2015 and 2016, just put right in their face. Because you know, Jonathan Taylor, this might be something for someone who wants to rewatch and wants some an interesting stat. They might want to look this up. How many times did Taylor actually get legitimately tackled? Not the weird forward progress mosh pits that seem to keep happening. Not, you know, going out of bounds, not scoring touchdowns. How many times did Taylor actually get brought down? And how many broken tackles did he have? Because I didn't keep track, but it felt like he broke more tackles than he actually received. And you saw missed tackles. You saw the line, the Wisconsin offensive line. They move a lot of people. But they were just, it, it just looked like they were playing a, you know, it, it seemed like one of those high school mismatches where one school has all these future college players and the other school is a small town. You know, no one's playing in college. They're like, you know, the 225-pound offensive lineman types. It just felt like, a, it just looked like a mismatch. And, and that's where you wonder about the, I think you have a good point. Chris and Mozzie Smith, at least, are three hundred pounds. At least they're harder to move around. Um, you know, even if they're not fully ready with their hands or the nuance or, or, or whatever, and they don't have to be polished gems here. You just need somebody to play. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a Brown thing. I don't know if that's Sean Nua. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's them. Right? Maybe it's maybe it's the players themselves. Maybe there is something that we don't see. Uh, but yeah, why a three-three-five? Because it makes it makes no logical sense. That that forces me to think that there's there's an issue. They just do not feel confident in their defensive tackles
1: right now. I mean, it just by simple choice alone lends itself to that idea, right? The fact that that, that is what they went with. Would lead logic would lead you to believe that that it has to be something related to that, you know, and um, you know that's what we talked. The big question mark all year was the interior of the defensive line, and it's obviously so far it's been a massive disappointment, you know. And I, I think and Wisconsin, like you said, maybe more than any team Michigan will play this year is is the type of unit that's going to try to exploit you in between the tackles. And obviously, I mean, they had no problem doing it, so. Yeah, is is a again another egg on both sides. So mm-hmm. let's do a let's do a quick
0: recruiting one, just because I think I think this is something fans are curious about. I, I imagine we would have gotten at least one question about it, and and I'd consider you the authority figure on this topic. What does a loss like this? I mean, what? How worried should fans be about? recruiting they they do have three top 10 classes in 4 years but does this kind of this and, and maybe the other ones to follow i mean what from a recruiting standpoint what could change in the 2020 2021 classes if the team is indeed looking like it did on Saturday throughout the season i guess what where where does the impact come from how much is it like a 2 years down the road is michigan stable enough that they're that they could survive maybe another so-so season. Obviously, I think the the easy answer is well, it doesn't. It, it certainly doesn't help the, the Wolverines. But right. I guess what is what is the what is how how should fans evaluate this season when it comes to recruiting and and what can, what the impact can be.
1: I mean, as far as the impact. Of this individual game, it's always hard to kind of gauge what an individual game will do. My sense is if a kid was to reopen his recruitment now, that meant he probably really wasn't that committed to them in the first place. Um, but at the same time, well, I mean, what did we just get done talking about, especially offensively? You know, if you're an offensive recruit, receiver, let's say, where the this whole offense is about getting the guys, getting fast players the ball in space... You're, you got to be kind of wondering. Okay, well, where is it? And and I know the re- easy recruiting pitch would be, that's why we're recruiting you to because you're you were built for this scheme. But, you know, you you'd at least want to start to see something tangible through three games. And like I said, coming off a bye, and looking the way they did offensively, I, I just how does it not raise question? If it raises question marks with us it has to raise question marks with kids and families who are looking to invest three or four or five years of their life, you know, into the back into the Michigan program. So it's, oh yeah, it's, it's never good. Uh, A loss isn't always like a horrible thing. I mean, it's never a good thing, obviously, but it, you know, if if they'd come out, lost a good, tough matchup against Wisconsin, then, you know, I don't, I think the the impact would be negligible, but the way that they lost yesterday yeah i mean i think you're uh you're running the risk of you know some of these guys like i said maybe some little thoughts maybe start to creep in the back of their head a little bit you know and so that's well, it's just something we'll have to watch you know I, there's not been any i know uh, jordan morant took an official visit to texas a&m last weekend I believe that was sort of a planned deal but you know it – how, how do you know? You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a couple Couple more of, the, of those situations pop up. No names that immediately come to mind, but just saying. I mean, you start to lose, and, uh, you know, that's when things can kind of go to hell as far as recruiting goes. So, yeah, a loss like that is a, a, about a worst-case, you know, it's really a worst-case scenario in every facet, and, and recruiting is kind of falls under that umbrella, too. hmm Glad I asked. Yeah, because I'm... That's yeah, a good M- it's a M- fair question yeah yeah. Yeah, fair question. Like I said that and I think context is always important and in this regard context in my opinion important in the negative variety, right? That they're not doing like the offense especially hasn't shown cuz Don Brown's track record as a defensive coordinator is still it's still strong. I mean, he's had top 10 defenses I believe every year at Michigan just about uh offensively though you're you're dealing with a coordinator who's never been in this position, never called plays before, and they have not looked impressive at all at any point. And so, um, you know, that's – I think – I guess if I was just – if I was spitballing, I think offensively is where the bigger question marks would be. If I was a recruit, I think it would be on the offensive side – Where it's not really so much a question of, hey, you're the type of guy we need in this system. Like, you know, we're struggling right now, but that's because we need guys like you. You know, because a that that's ridiculous. They have a great, especially say like receiver, offensive line. They have a bunch of future pros at both of those positions right now. Um, So much as it is like, just haven't seen it, and he's never done it before. So, do we want to invest our future in something like that? So, you know, that's really what it comes down to yep all right let's close with this question we're not gonna
0: we're not gonna do the takeaways and game balls because we've kind of discussed everything i mean game ball we can actually do that real quick jonathan taylor and uh jack Cohn, maybe sure yeah wisconsin's offensive line is the third game ball wisconsin's defensive line is you know you get the (laughs) idea Uh, (laughs) paul christ paul christ gets a game ball uh you know takeaways we've already discussed everything but but here's Here's our last question. Knowing how things go, knowing the schedule, knowing what we've seen so far, what, it, what is our new realistic expectation for Michigan the remainder of the season? So they play home against Rutgers, home against Iowa, at Illinois, home against Notre Dame, at Penn State, at Maryland, by week host Michigan state traveled to Indiana host Ohio state Steve how did this game well we kind of know how but how much did this game change your expectations for the season and, and looking at those final nine games uh, what what kind of season is this going to be for Michigan
1: uh, all bets are off right I mean I, at this point we don't we don't really know and I think that that's If you're a fan, I think then that's where there's some fear. If fear is something that you associate with football, maybe if I guess if it is, maybe you should like take a break. But that's where like doubt really, you know, I guess doubt might be better. Just starts to creep in, you know, as far as what this program is ever going to be under Harbaugh. Uh, You think about. Like I keep going back to like just think of the experience they have returning offensively this year is like all those guys will be gone a lot of those guys will be gone next year you're gonna have a whole different group you know and like because I think I think this was looked at as kind of their their year in a lot of ways and right now I mean I think I'd still pick them at home let's say against Iowa but beyond that we'd have to see we have to see things before I would pick them in any of their big remaining games. I'm I still am not convinced that Penn State's that great. I know Pitt that Pitt win looks a lot better after Pitt beat UCF yesterday. Mm-hmm. But um but again, with that game on the road, not picking Michigan there. You think Notre Dame's offensive line might be better than Wisconsin's offensive line? I mean, Notre Dame's offensive line did a hell of a job yesterday against Georgia. I mean, that was one of the reasons they were in the game. Can't pick them to beat Notre Dame right now. And then obviously you can't pick them to beat Ohio State, uh, Michigan State. I don't know. They're, they've been they had looked better yesterday, but they obviously still haven't been very impressive. So uh, who knows on that one? But yeah, I mean, really for the majority of their big games, I don't think I'd pick them in at least three or four of them. And and so that's as things stand today. You know, and that's where it's up to them to kind of change their perception, turn this season around. And uh, but yeah, it, who knows. I mean this. This it could be a it could be a rough because that was the other thing, and you know we've talked about it, Zach. the The schedule was brutal this year to begin with, mm-hmm. and and I think going into the season, I think this game at Wisconsin was one of the games that we had kind of talked about as, you know, hey, Wisconsin's going to have a new starting quarterback. They're getting them in September and not November in Madison. Like very, it's you know, it's it's a very. Considering they're playing in Madison against Wisconsin, it's a very winnable game. And then they come out and get beat the way they did, you know, yesterday. Just cast a lot of doubt on and any of the big games remaining on their schedule, big time. So I don't know. Could be, you know, we'll just we ask us ask again. I don't know if next week would be fair, but uh, you know what I mean, though. Like, it just it's sort of we'll have to revisit it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think, and what's crazy is. Suddenly, road
0: game at Indiana. I mean, are you, are you yeah. for sure picking Michigan? Road game at Maryland? Are you sure? Absolutely, because it's... You know, we're not, I know we're kind of piling on here, but I was as I left Camp Randall Stadium yesterday, it was just incredible because it was like the exact same thing as almost every road trip I've done, right? You see the you see the players looking uh, miserable, you know, dejected. They looked a little bit more angry after this one for you know, you can take that for whatever you, you want. You know, the the parents are like they look like they're like leaving a funeral, like they hug each other, they have those grimace grimace smile things and they you know the, the reassuring pats on the arm, stuff like that. You know, like see you next time. Sorry we're seeing you under these circumstances, that kind of deal. Uh, you know staffers are like Silently and hurriedly putting everything In the truck so they can get out of dodge as soon as possible yeah. And then Meanwhile I see Twitter notifications Going off and off and off It's like every time I'm not at Michigan Stadium I feel like that, that almost happens Because even, even if they win You know they, they've had some wins At Indiana, at Northwestern At Minnesota, at Maryland Like even those like Michigan hasn't had a chest Other than East Lansing Michigan hasn't really had very many chest-pounding road games. I mean, even the ones that they win, it's, you know, and Rutgers, Rutgers. They they do fine at Rutgers, too. But uh, I'm thinking, like, you know, bowl games, Iowa, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Indiana, Maryland. I mean, you know, it, it's just a different animal. So that's there's two parts to that. One, I do think that they'll beat Iowa and Michigan State at home. That's my... That's my personal belief. Come, come, yell at me if I'm wrong. If you if you feel inclined, don't think you really should. But um, I agree with you on Notre Dame and Ohio State. I think those two teams are are just significantly better than Michigan right now. Kind of bizarre how it can
1: change so quickly, but you know, proofs yeah, in the does. pudding. Notre, right, Notre Dame looked bad against Louisville. And then the, yesterday they had a game-winning drive on the road to beat Georgia. I mean, they had the ball when the game ended. So yeah, I mean, it it can turn around quick. So I guess there is hope. You know, if you're a Michigan fan, there's hope in that regard. But at the same time, though, we just again, there's no there are no signs. There's nothing. Well, there are maybe a couple, but nothing like major that we can look and say, well, there's this that they can build off of. Like I said earlier, you know. And right. So that's, right. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, and you always wonder about the morale of a team. And, again, you know, I think you had a good point. There's no reason to get personal with with how you feel about ex-teenager playing football for your, the team that you root for. Uh, you know, this is a message to the fans and, and for us analyzing it, team that we cover. But you do wonder, I mean, again, in the Peach Bowl, kind of hung around in Ohio State. It's like both those games – they just reached a point where the team maybe not gave up, but the, the floor fell beneath them. Wisconsin, it was like as soon as they fumbled, and as soon as that one catch that that was a catch, the Ronnie Bell completion that was overturned, like as soon as that happened, it was like for about 20 minutes of game time, Michigan just wasn't even there on either side of the ball. And so you do wonder if they... Say they lose to Iowa or Illinois. Does suddenly, do the gates just open? Is it just a complete train wreck of a season? The the opponents certainly could make it that way. See, I'm looking at it. I I think they'll get Iowa at home. I think they'll get Michigan State at home. I don't think they'll get Ohio State or, or Notre Dame. I don't think they'll get Penn State. I've seen that atmosphere. That's significantly tougher than Wisconsin by quite a margin. I, but I do wonder. I, I think there's, I think there's room for a fourth loss, and that would bring them down to seven and five, and that would be,
1: that would make for quite the off season for Michigan. Um, it did, you know, it'd be, an, it'd be an, yeah. an absolute disaster. I mean, there's just no yeah. other way to put it. A seven in a year where. I think that Vegas at the beginning of the year had them as the favorite to win the big 10 to go seven and five would be, I mean, it'd be disaster of epic proportions, uh, all things considered. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, I think you do bring up a good point. Teams have clunkers. Sometimes teams, you know, Penn state is an, is an example. They looked pitiful and they actually were starting, you know, they had a new offense under Joe Moorhead, um, who is Josh Gaddis's probably top mentor but they they looked terrible against Michigan on the road did did well for themselves the rest of the way. You know, Wisconsin has done it in the past. Michigan State made it to the playoff with a road loss. Ohio State has had clunkers on the road. It happens. We'll see what happens with Michigan how they get better but I I think you The point that that is probably the most damaging for the self-esteem of Michigan fans and for Michigan itself is I don't think you see a, You don't currently see a path to getting better. You can say, oh, it'll get better. Oh, they won't they won't go five and four the rest of the way. But ask for evidence. I don't know what you provide. So that's the that's the real uh, anchor in in michigan's season right now is they say they'll get better but how that's a question we can't answer so um (laughs) on that note a different kind of podcast today hopefully hopefully you still enjoyed it hopefully we addressed some of the bases uh if not uh, you can shoot me a question and, and maybe we'll throw it in the thursday podcast but uh for steve lorenz i'm zach shaw this has been the wolverine 24 7 podcast read all of our stuff over at the michiganinsider.com michigan.247sports.com hope you had fun hope you learned something see you later on this week